Ladies and gentlemen, guys and gals, non-binary pals, and the Technicolor rainbow in between, this is Module Media Wrestling Podcast Live, and I'm your host, Chris Poingo Ryder Casson, and with me, as always, is my tag team partner in this endeavor. The Vacuuminator. Fuck April Fool's Day. All my homies hate April Fool's Day. Hey, there wasn't a ton of shitty April Fool's memes. The Tokusatsu Network posted an article saying Toei had announced Shin Kamen Rider Kuga. I didn't say that there were none. I just said there wasn't a ton. I fell for it. For five minutes. My friend. My friend. No, there was a good one. Do you watch the uh, educational YouTube channel Knowing Better? I've never heard of it. Uh, he is a uh, 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 an army veteran, army, army, uh, and he basically makes like historical. He makes videos about uh, modern politics and um, uh, historic history and like how they interact and everything. Uh, he made a really cool like long video series about how like. Everything changed in American politics in nineteen in like the nineteen seventies, and links mm. all these different little things to it, and it's interesting. But he, today, for April Fools, he made a video about ancient alien theories. Oh dear! And in the entire video, he acted as if he believed in him, and every once in a while, he would give a little slide remark of like, "Wow, this is this feels kind of racist." You just realize that, huh? Yeah. Kind of pointing out that ancient alien theories tend to be a little Eurocentric and very racist. Yeah, I'd never thought of that before, but I, you say it, I'm sure it's it's there. Yeah. How can these brown people build all these amazing structures when we couldn't do it? Us fine Europeans. Aliens Ooh, must have helped yes, them. okay, yeah. No now need to go get further. It. Now you get it. <laughs> But he also... See, here's what I did today. Here's the productive thing I did today. I <laughs> went and looked into uh, I went and looked into Christ consciousness, and I figured out that even though I'm an atheist, I have a higher level of Christ consciousness than my mom does, and she's a Christian. Oof. There was once I saw a really good phrase of like someone asking uh, a priest or something. No, it was like a, a hypothetical uh, a priest talking to God situation, and it was like. So God, you do you create everything, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you do the, you do this. You, yeah, yeah, I do that. I do that. And then the priest goes like, "Why'd you make atheists?" And God went like, "Oh, that's 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 fucking easy. Uh, I created atheists because they don't do good things to get into heaven. I created atheists because they do good things because they just believe that it's good to do good things and to show the rest of the world that that's how you should behave." And this is the point where I pull out the phone with the soundboard app and I, I go horn, 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 smoke weed every day, horn. I, I, I can't remember if it was a pope or a bishop or something. And they said, I'd much rather have a good, kind atheist than a, sh than like a, like than a shitty Christian. Nice. Which I think is how we should all <laughs> look at faith. Definitely. If you use it as Probably. a crutch to uh, as a crutch to feed your toxic behaviors, you're not a pious man. You're just a pious as shit. Wonderful. 
But that's not what we're here to talk about today. We're not talking about politics or religion. We're just talking about the Grace Almighty professional wrestling. wrestling. We pray, we pray to the to the the temple of the squared circle. I I, uh, I personally um, drop oils at the feet of the statue of Dusty Rhodes. That's in the uh, the WWE headquarters every day. Yeah. Uh, you always and remember to always practice safe self mutilation on thumbtacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is there anything specific you just kind of want to you want to pop off with wrestling? It's like a vibe you felt this week. Uh, this felt like an off week, honestly. Yeah, um, I get that. Not that there, not that there was like nothing, but like because there's a I couple watched... big announcements, but it was just more of like. It's just like, we're happening. It feels like the calm before the storm that is Mania. Because, and that's weird, because we're not giving a shit about Mania at all. And we'll talk more about that later, but, like, unless there's a new Firefly Funhouse match, I'm not watching anything out of Mania. That'll be, which here's the thing, I will give you that and not have you break your New Year's resolution. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, WWE, it's been a year. You're posting random Mania matches on YouTube right now to play into the hype. Give me the Firefly Funhouse match on YouTube, please. I'm asking nicely. Oh, I haven't watched it, but did you see, like, the thing about how John Cena was doing an interview with uh, Shaq on TNT? And Shaq mentioned, oh, yeah, I just wrestled on AEW. And John Cena immediately went, like, to WWE corporate mode and pivoted back to WWE. <laughs> I did not see that, but that's wonderful. Because he was on, because here's the thing. He's in a WB movie, and, w, and Warner Brothers is producing AEW. And it's just like, God damn it. You are in a, you are in a sticky situation, Mr. Jonathan Cena. Imagine John Cena just pissing off Vince McMahon so much that he can no longer go home. No, that can never happen. All he has to do is flex once, and Vince goes like, "Fine, you're forgiven." <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I kind of agree. It, was, it wasn't like a dead week, but it was a soft week. It was a comparatively dead week, I'd say. But it wasn't like, we got some cool things going on, and we got some, I wouldn't say big, we got some announcements of dope things. First things first, like the first thing on the list. uh, BTE happened. No, Um, the the, the toys. Oh, shit, yeah, I completely forgot about that, because that happened, like, literally the next day after we recorded last week. Uh... But we got the digital sculpt reveals for AEW Unrivaled Collection Series 7, which, as a reminder, is Penta L0M, Ray Phoenix, MJF, Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, and Hikaru Shida. Yep. Uh, everybody hit but Hikaru were all repaints, right? Uh, repaints, right? And Jake? I think Jake's... Well, Jake hasn't definitely hasn't been in the line before. I don't know if he's on a previously used body or not. He might be. He might be. Um, 
He, he, but, he don't got that. He don't got that weird a body. Come on. Yeah, he looks fine. Um, Cheetah, I I'm not surprised, but I do find it interesting that her first figure is going to be the Tifa gear. Um, uh, and you know, I'm definitely excited for that. I hope it comes with the women's championship because she debuted that gear in the match where she won the championship. Um, which. By the way, something they talked about on Dynamite this week, and I keep forgetting and keep being astounded by, she is currently the longest reigning champion in AEW history. Yeah. Having a lighter women's roster uh, injured can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that that may be at an end soon. We shall see. Um, but yeah, these all look fine. Like, it's just grayscale uh, CAD models, so you can't really tell much except for someone like Sheeta who has super unique gear. Uh, but I tell you what, I'm probably gonna get Sheeta and Hager and maybe Penta and Phoenix if I don't go ahead and pony up the cash for the boss fight ones between now and these pre orders going up. Yeah. Uh, I don't have the money to buy toys, so it's like. <laughs> I have I have significantly less money to buy toys these days because I'm trying to divert as many funds as I can to just getting this credit card paid off already because I'm so close. I can have it done by the end of the summer. Just 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 stay the course. And buy wrestle and buy buy wrestling lessons. That's like another year at least. But you know what? Isn't a year away. You explaining to me what happened on BTE. Hey, so BTE was pretty good this week. Here's a lot of interesting stuff going on. A lot of funny stuff. I actually laughed at BTE quite a few times this week. Hasn't happened in a while. Uh, but the opening bit was uh, Matt Hardy going up to private party and just kind of giving him some encouragement. Kind of being like, yeah, guys, just keep your head in the game. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Uh, and they're like... Yeah, yeah, we're cool. We're cool with you, Matt. But, like, how did you get Butcher, Blade, and Bunny to sign? Like, those guys are weirdos. What's going on with that? And he's like, Broken Matt. I switched to Broken Matt. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's right. You can do that. That's weird. And he's like, yeah, I'm a chameleon. Matt Hardy, I'm blending into any promotion I need to. Right now, I'm big money, Matt, because you guys need a proper manager. And it can it can help me secure a better future for my family. But get the freebies on our side, I had to get a little broken. So I did that. And it cuts to him doing it. And it's as hilarious as you'd imagine. So basically, they're retconning the... They're making Matt Hardy fucking Bruce Banner. Kinda, yeah. Bruce Banner and Immortal Hulk. Yeah, yeah. Where the, all the personalities work together. Mm-hmm. Shit. That just makes sense. That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got a cute little montage from uh, last week's Dynamite of Matt Jackson taking his kids uh, backstage and showing them around and various stuff. His son was actually in uh, custom... Uh, gear that was very similar to the ones uh, him and Nick had on. Uh, it's a cute, cute little thing if you like cute kids. It's good. It's fine. Um, 
Then we got another montage of uh, Brandon Cutler, Matt Jackson, and several roster members. Darby Allen, Nick Nemeth, or Ryan Nemeth. Why did I write Nick Nemeth here? What the fuck? Um, but uh, them and Angelico putting together skateboards. Meanwhile, Brian Cage took about 50 attempts before he finally did his first kickflip. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um... And Jack Evans was just kind of skating around doing random bullshit. He tried to... Oh, he did a handstand backflip off of his skateboard, which is cool. Of course he Because Angelico or Jack Evans or both of them. They, they're both flippy boys. Whatever. Who cares? Um, then there was something that, like, I found funny but didn't hit me as hard as I think it probably did a lot of people because there was a botch on AEW Dark this week, or at least I think it was Dark. It might have been Elevation. I don't know. I didn't watch either this week. Um, where uh, Cesar Bononi and Luchasaurus had a match, and they went to hit a move, and they missed it, and Luchasaurus literally turned to the audience and went, second take. And they redid it right there, and it didn't get cut out of the show. And so a lot of people were going like, oh, that's super cheap. Their editors are so lazy. What the hell? And so they just made fun of it with um, Luchasaurus and Cesar bumping into each other backstage. And I'm going like, oh, you, you okay, man? You okay? Yeah, handshake. And they miss each other's hands. And Cesar's like, oh, let's do another take. And he's like, no, there's no second takes in wrestling. And walks off. Goddamn. Real quick, I, have you been following the, the whole Twitter thing with Cesar Bononi? Yeah, that was that was nerve wracking and then very relieving. Yeah, hard to go out to him and his family, but also he just seems like a real fucking swell lad. Yeah, I I wish a bright future upon him. Um, then we had then we had a fun skit where uh, Marco Stunt and I think Sammy Guevara. Is there Sammy Guevara or Griff Garrison? I can't remember which one it was. But they were talking, and Mark was like, man, everybody's getting all these firsts in AEW, all these big firsts. I want to have a first. Ugh. Maybe I could be first to go for the announce table. And the other guy is like, no, somebody's done that, Marco. It's like, do we have another announce table or something I could go through? I think there's a Spanish one. It's, like, way up in the crowd. It's kind of hidden away, and... Marco's like, well, I'm going to be the first to go through the Spanish announce table in AEW. And Alex Alperhentes is just sitting in the background on his phone, and he overhears this, and he's like, oh, shit. And he runs off to tell the um, Dasha and the other Spanish commentator who I didn't recognize. And he's like, hey, guys, guys, they found us. I don't know how, but they finally found out about us. They're coming. There's going to be an attack tonight. And Dasha's like, don't worry, I got this. And she pulls out like a kendo stick, a barbed wire bat, and one other thing, I can't remember what. And she keeps the kendo stick and hands the other items to them. It's like, we'll be fine tonight. We'll be fine. And then Marco literally comes out of the background and is like, is that the Spanish announce table there, guys? And she's like, back off! And he runs screaming. Goddamn. That's a good meta joke. Mm -hmm. uh then there's a little bit with the dark order um just kind of doing funny yuck yuck jokes trying to figure out where they're gonna go next after john lost the tnt title 
not really a definitive end or like cliffhanger for them this week. Nothing really, nothing, nothing really pushing it into the next week. I thought it was kind of kind of weird, super, almost superfluous feeling bit, except for the fact that Dark Order are kind of the thing on BTE these days. Um, and then we got to return a Big Swole's public swole announcement segment, uh, where she was like. So everybody's been going off on Twitter asking where the public swole announcements are because I guess y'all can't behave for five seconds without anti-swole coming in and telling you biz. So here's real short and simple this week. The mask goes over your nose. I catch y'all with a mask not over your nose. Catch these hands. Mask goes over your nose. And then she walks away. And that's the whole bit. Fair so, enough. All right. Yeah, it's good enough. that she's back into the fold because she was dealing with her um, intestinal problems for a while. Yeah. And she seems to be doing fairly good in the ring now. I mean, like, uh, the I forgot to talk about it last week, but the tag match she had with Red Velvet on Elevation was great. Um, I especially love that she was wearing Shigo-themed gear. Oh, God. That's uh, fucking great. Yeah. Um, then, uh, we got a little bit where, um, Luke Gallows is just sitting backstage cross-eyed with, like, his hands duct taped together, and he's like, and Carl Anderson is like, what's wrong with you? You fine? He's like, I can't, can't, can't do it. You tied, you tied my hands. I can't do it, and I'm going for withdrawal. You said I couldn't do it for a week. And you tied my hands, and now I'm stuck like this. And <laughs> like he's literally having, pretending to have a seizure or something. And Carl Anderson is like, "Get over yourself. Let's go get some food." And he goes to get up and just falls over and starts convulsing off screen. I mm, okay. Sophomore's gonna sophomore. Goddamn. Then we got sort of an emotional coda uh, to BTE where the Bucks come back um, post the big six-man match that they were involved in with Brandon against the Lucha Brothers. And and Brandon's icing his leg. And they're like, Brandon, you okay? I hope you didn't get hurt too bad out there, man. Sorry you had to take the pin. Don't, but don't worry about it, though. We're still good. Uh, you, you're still our friend. We're still, we're still the champions. We're still gonna, we're still gonna keep rocking this place. Don't worry about it, man. He's like, okay, good. You guys are just settling for good now, huh? You're just fine with that. Is that how we got here? Is that how you got me this contract? Is that how you got those belts? Is that how you got this company? Guys, look at you. Look at what you become. Matt, I'm sorry, you're right. You guys have become complacent. Like, look at BTE. It's being the Dark Order now. You guys are hardly even on it. And you're gonna you're gonna keep you're gonna come in here and tell me when my knee is busted up that everything's fine. No, screw you. You guys need to get back to busting your asses. This is ridiculous. And he walks out on them. Mm. But I assume since I can see the list as well. That's the end of BTE. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a very solid BTE this week. A little bit of something for everyone. 
But then, a thing happened on Tuesday. Oh, oh. <laughs> a thing that made many people very livid. And I was just kind of like, I... So AEW um, has the best looking belt in the, the industry now. Yeah. I mean, depending on who you ask, they might have already had the best looking belt in the industry. But that's... I would... St- there, I would have still said that uh, IWGP had just a little bit of extra class because there was the obfuscation of who, who's the company the belts for, you know? Because mm-hmm. I have an IWGP and not just New Japan. Kind of That's more, fair. Class it up just a little bit, but you know. But uh, with uh, Kota Ibushi having both titles and then merging the titles, unifying them in a recent match. New Japan unveiled the new IWGP Heavyweight World Championship. And people are not liking this belt. I've heard it being called a gold-plated Divas Championship. Mm. I've heard it being called some kind of Super Sentai shit. I personally looked at it and went, that's fine, but it looks like a belt from 15 years ago. Yeah, it also looks like a gold-plated toilet seat. Oh, no, you're right. <laughs> it also looks like Cody's tattoo. <laughs> yeah, y- y- I I legitimately had to take a moment before I could even reply to that. <laughs> you sent me that Photoshop. Yeah, yeah. It It's a fine belt, but, like, it's a fine belt for Ring of Honor. It's a fine belt for Impact. I mean, I'll say it again, speaking as somebody who the last thing I had gotten into before I got into wrestling, that was a series where the entire point was we sell toy belts. I look at belts that look like toys and I go, that's fine. Like, most, there's very few belt designs I actually dislike. Like, the only active belt design at the moment I can think of off the top of my head that I dislike are the WWE main roster tag champion belts. I think those look cheap. Yeah. Not in a fun way. Like, I like the... I'll I'll say... I might be sending some hate my way, but whatever. I like the 24-7 championship because it's a dumb comedy belt and it looks like a dumb comedy belt. Yeah. But, like, it's just, it's the big fucking belt. And they've had that classic, iconic design for decades now. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, it feels, it feels too committee. You know what I'm saying? That's fair. Yeah. It feels like a commi- it feels like they went, all right, we have a chance to redesign our belt. We gotta make this we gotta make a splash. We gotta have an iconic symbol. We have to make it has it... to be perfect. This has to be evergreen. And like you had too many people basically going like it has to be this. It has to be this. It has to be this. And they yeah. all and everybody was like, Yeah, no, it has to be that. And you get you get a something you get a thing that would be a B. When if you had just a designer that you trusted, it'd be an A. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the kind of thing with AEW. Basically, Tony Khan was like, 
this is the belt I want to have. This is how we're going to do it. And like, I'm sure I think the exact pitch they gave the designer was give us a cross between the new Japan world title and the mid Atlantic title. Yep. And that's what they got. Mm -hmm. The only belt that I think in AEW that's kind of a little wonky is the TNT title, but it's grown on us as fans. Like I legitimately like the TNT title. I'll admit it's not the prettiest belt of all time, but I think it works for what it is. It's a big corporate belt. It is a big. You are you. If you win this, you are the face of TNT. TNT <laughs> recognizes you and like the way I imagine it in kayfabe. TNT pays you a stipend if you own the belt. Yeah, like that's how I kind of imagine it working. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got Ted's house on it, so. <laughs> Ted's old house. I don't think he lives there anymore. It's I still think... my favorite detail. Yeah, I think he <laughs> on lives in... any belt ever. I think he lives in Wyoming. That's good for him. Yeah, I think he. I think after he retired from uh, media and d- doing all that shit, he decided to uh, help raise buffalo populations. It's a noble endeavor. Eh. Still a weird billionaire, though. Yeah. 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 Remember, always put that asterisk when you're talking about billionaires. Remember. And also remember, um, we just spent like, what was that, 10, 15 minutes talking about a New Japan belt? When was the last time we talked about some New Japan wrestling? <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that says something about us, doesn't it? I'm just... I'm just patiently waiting for Coda's debut to be the uh, the cliffhanger to a dynamite. It's not going to be the cliffhanger to a dynamite. It's going to be the cliffhanger to a goddamn pay-per-view, and you know it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Double or nothing. I'm so excited for that show. Double or nothing is ill. And Kenny Omega has won. He holds up the AEW champion. He'll hold up the AAA belt because they they did the thing I've been wanting them to do. They did the thing I've been wanting them to do. We'll get to it. And then wow. you just hear Kota's theme start. Well, he'll have the Impact title by then, too, because there's no way Rich Swan's going to oh, yeah, that no. match. He's going to have Impact. So he's going to have three belts. It's going to be amazing. No. Kota needs to be the last one. You know the next belt he needs to go after? after Jay Lethal. J- oh, yeah. I was thinking... A thing of gold, maybe about like 10 pounds. Mm -hmm. And power did start back up recently. Uh And they keep still bringing up uh, Thunder Rosa, who signed. Tell me. Hold on. And tell me Billy Corgan wouldn't want to be able to say Kenny Omega NWA champion. And imagine he has all the belts. He only needs one left because he only needs one left that matters. He needs the soul stone. He needs his soul stone. He needs the soul stone and he has to sacrifice someone he loves to get it. Oh, it's too perfect. Wait, how many belts would that be? How many belts would that be? AEW, AAA, Impact, 
Let's NWA. say ROH and NWA. That's five. And they'll There's six it. stones. There's six stones. But also MLW, they could team up with them. Maybe I don't want to say. I don't want to say for certain. Yeah. Uh, but no. It, like Cody, uh, Kenny wins the match. Is celebrating. Don Callis is being a big wanger. They're like he's holding all the belts like Ultimo Dragon in that one picture. It's like yeah, look at all the shit I got. And then you just hear Cody's theme and on the screen because I wouldn't want him in the same building right now. No, you build that shit. Build. And on the screen, you just see Kota Ibushi standing there, scowling. What happened to you, Kenny? I'll find out. Basically going, I know you want this, and I'm going to use that to bring you back to the light. Or... Coda's Coda's current gimmick is that he is a god of pro wrestling, like Kenny's. This god will smite you. Mm-hmm. Or, potentially, I'm thinking, you have gathered all the power that a mortal man could to ascend to godhood. But can you make that final step and dethrone the god of pro wrestling. God. And that also plays into the New Japan story of, like, Kota Ibushi's always been better than Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. Kenny Omega can finally get that win. Dear God. Yeah. Have all I mean, he belts. did it in DDT, but Kota is the only person to ever kick out of the one-winged angel. Yeah. No. That's what you do. You start the whole thing. You have Coda kick out, and they go like, "No, Coda, this is what Coda's known for. He kicks out of the One Wing Angel. This, he, that is the meta narrative of Kenny and Coda." And Kenny Omega just goes like, "Fuck you, another one, another one, another one, another one, another one, another one, another one. just a full straight three minutes of One Wing and Angels." And he just, not even a full pin, one hand on his chest, sitting down. One, two, three. And then just in the distance you hear down down down. Down 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 down. Down down down. <laughs> God damn. Make it full on like he has gone too far. Like there's almost no turning back for him. Please, God, it's too perfect. And then every promotion starts building up their own hangman. Mm. But like in the meantime, everyone is gunning for it. Like you get a brand new angle with uh, Tanahashi. Oh, like ROH has one built in because of BTE. He's booked his friends with Jay Lethal right now. You could bring back flip gordon into the fucking elite universe yeah dude think about it like this with J new japan do that you can immediately have like so many cool stories of like tanahashi and uh uh not not Nayato, Nayato and uh um rainmaker okada okada just basically going like all right kota ibushi failed us we need to fucking get our belt back what have we got? 
And like Tanahashi goes like, I'm I am the ace of New Japan. I have been the ace for years. I am here. He he's basically all, he's all star Superman. Mm-hmm. That's that his that's his story. All the way over in New NWA, you have fucking uh, I can't remember the old guy. The old guy who has a really cool, not necessarily uh, the best in the ring dude, but he was really dope. Tim Storm. Tim Storm. You have Tim Storm going like, that belt doesn't belong to him. That belt belongs to us, the hard workers, the weekend warriors, the guys who have been going at it for years, paying attention to this belt, caring about it. Not this fucking guy who came from came and just is all flash and nothing special. He was only wearing that belt because he wants fucking Moose, Rich Swan, and. Oh, I can't remember his name. Sammy Callahan for group of just like packed loyalists. But uh, eventually, what happens is in this whole story is all these guys are gunning for these belts, and Kenny keeps winning and winning and winning, and eventually Hangman goes, "I can beat you." Not even like I want to fight you. Not even like oh I want that belt. He just goes, "I can beat you." And Kenny goes like, "No, you can't. I'm I'm, I'm the best." Kenny, who won all those tag matches that got us to the titles? Like he's not even like egging him on. He's just going like, "No, I can beat you." No, you can't. I no, I can beat you. It's whatever. I'm gonna go hang out with the Dark Order now. But no, no, no. We're, we're talking about this. No, I mean, no. There's nothing to talk about. I can beat you. Like, do you Hangman's know who content. the number one ranked contender is at the moment? Hmm. Hangman Adam Page, number one in singles. Here's the thing. I wanted to say number one for months. I wanted yeah. to be content. I wanted to be happy. Number one, and he never challenges. Like, maybe he says, uh, hey, Darby, let's, we haven't fought before. Let's do that. But yeah. never goes after the world title until... The time is right. And basically, Until he can exact maximum revenge. And basically, Hangman goes like, I can beat you. And that's all he says. And Kenny just loses his fucking mind. He's like, no, you can't. Fuck you. You are worthless. You are beneath me. You are nothing. And Hangman just goes like, no. I'm better than you because I'm happy. And that's the message of the whole thing. And that's the first belt he loses is the AW belt. And Kenny starts dropping like that. And he's like, uh, uh. And then he starts slowly losing belt by belt. And every single time he turns into a more like a golem-like man. And it's like, no, this is my precious. You know what would be the best thing? Oh, they can't do this because Don Callis. I think I thought it would be very cool thematically if, like, the last belt he's holding on to is the oldest one, the NWA Championship. But they're, they'd make it the Impact Championship because Don Callis. Yeah. Also, think about it like this: NWA still has a little bit of like cultural prestige. Mm-hmm. Impact doesn't. Impact Impact is Dollar Tree wrestling to a lot of people. Yeah, it's, it's nothing. It's it, it's it, it's lost its luster. It it is the end of the road. It is where you go when you can't go anywhere else. To a lot of people's mind, not it's not that way. But thematically, the last belt he has is the Impact. The one you know, 
Oh, the impact zone! <laughs> Lol, TNA. And that's the last belt he has, and he's holding on desperately. Like a fucking addict. And he loses it to some impact guy we don't even know who the fuck it is now, because they're an up-and-coming star. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. When he loses that, Don Callis just goes like, damn, kid. And walks away. Tough break. Happens to the best of us. Like, he's not there to help him. He's just like, Mwah. And not even, we'll get him next time, kid. It's just like, tough break. Well, see ya. But, but, but Uncle Don, uh, Mr. Callis, I... Hey, 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 I'll see you with Thanksgiving, I, kid, 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 I have a company to run. I, I'll see you at I got see a new champion to go promote. Leave me, leave me there. I'll see you at Thanksgiving. We'll, we'll talk then, okay? See you next holiday. And this happens in, like, fucking July. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, yeah, Don Gallows was like, no, I'm paying attention because I can, like, it's relevant. But as soon as it's like, nah, it's just like, why bother? Mm-hmm. Oh, fantasy booking's a hell of a drug. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know what else used to be a hell of a drug? The best one hour of professional wrestling in a week? I miss good NXT. I miss good NXT so much. I have a feeling Triple H feels the same way. Yeah. Apparently he's been getting bounced around that company like a pinball. Sometimes he's helping backstage at Raw and SmackDown. Sometimes he's stuck back in his own little universe. Oof. Um, but uh, NXT has, uh, for lack of a better term, admitted defeat. And they are going to be moving to Tuesday nights after next week, which will be a two-night takeover, uh, basically taking up the normal slot for NXT on Wednesday, but then also airing a show on Tuesday to lead in to SmackDown on Friday and then the two-night WrestleMania over the weekend. And then after that, they will be um, they will be moving to Tuesday nights permanently. So uh, for those of you keeping score at home, uh, next week, WWE is going to be doing um, Raw Monday, a two installments of the Hall of Fame on Tuesday. Then, on Wednesday, NXT Night 1. Tuesday, Thursday, NXT Night 2. Friday, Spa uh, uh, Friday, yeah, SmackDown. And then Saturday, Sunday, Mania Nights 1 and 2. Monday again, Raw. And then... Tuesday NXT again. That's over a week straight of re of WWE every night. Um, to those of you who are masochistic enough to undertake that, I salute you. Uh, please don't die. Uh oh, I did a thing I didn't mean to. What'd you oh. do? Hey. What did, what did you do? I messed up your camera feed for a second. It'll be a funny clip because for some reason, there it is. Uh, but before we uh, continue, would you mind taking a piss break? Because I got to go. I'm good. I can chill. All right. So you want to talk to the audience or whatever audience we have? I mean, I could kind of, I could wax philosophic about the end of the Wednesday Night Wars. All right. Go, go, go full week 83 on us. 
I mean, I do not know who that is. But... That's the podcast uh, by oh. the... Oh, 80 free weeks, you mean? Yeah. All right, I'll be okay. right back. Um, but NXT, you know, in the end, I don't think this was ever destined to work because NXT wasn't really a show built to compete. And the only way they could make it compete was by putting on uh, takeover level cards every week. And that quickly burnt a lot of people out, myself included. I haven't watched NXT since about uh, two or three weeks into that shenanigans. Uh, I've kept somewhat apprised of character developments and things that have happened on there and call-ups and whatnot. But it just does not interest me in the slightest. Um, I feel like NXT has really fallen from grace. There was a time pre-AEW and even... Um, during the uh, the prototype era of AEW, where it was just that first year of just pay-per-view shows, where um, NXT was an extremely good time every week. It was it was the highlight of my wrestling week most of the time. Was just that hour, that solid hour of NXT content, and every every couple months getting hit with an ungodly good pay-per-view in the form of a takeover because takeovers yes there were good ones and there were bad ones but takeovers were always a cut above the rest um and i have no doubt that they still are they probably still put on total clinics at every takeover i just haven't watched one since like i said i burned out um and i think it's definitely the right choice to again for lack of a better term admit defeat and move NXT to a different night where it's not going to be competing with anybody because the impact is moving to Thursdays. So you'll have Raw on Monday, NXT on Tuesday, AEW on Wednesday, Impact on Tuesday, or Thursday, sorry, uh, and then SmackDown on Friday. So it's a full week of wrestling, um, especially if you're also watching like NWA and ROH and New Japan. But... Um, it's going to be a lot better for both NXT and AEW because they won't be competing with each other. They won't be siphoning off audience from each other. Both those shows are going to be allowed to flourish. Hopefully, probably, maybe, I don't know, we'll see a return to the style of booking that NXT had when it was just one hour on the WWE Network. Um, that's, well, which that's my show better? Which show better? Would show better. Listen, Mr. Zane, I really enjoy your YouTube content, but you were not invited to this stream. <laughs> he's not that bad about it, man. No, 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 no. He, he's, he's doing. He's always done that show, tongue firmly planted in cheek. But like that was the quickest reference I could think of. Yeah. Um, I was more like, making a, a, a squares r slash squared circle fucking. Yeah. And, like, we clearly made our choice a long time ago. <laughs> I I mean, a more accurate name for this is MMAEWP. When was the last time you watched NXT or any WWE, honestly? Was it Mania last year? I think so. Because I think that's the last time I watched. No, I watched a bit of Raw and SmackDown post-Mania. I, I think um, I've, it's mostly been clips. It's mostly been like, oh, I like this wrestler. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. They're still getting not And see, great. I haven't even done that so far this year. I know some of what's been happening thanks to memes and Brian Alvarez screaming into a microphone. <laughs> but the only way to watch wrestling content. Exactly. Hey, uh, subscribe to Modular Media to get every episode of MMWP as they come out. Um, but as they come out, really, after the week we just fucking had? <laughs> after the week I just fucking had? I said as they come out, not as we make them. Uh, um, by the way, because we're live, why don't we do this? That's an announcement. We're doing a catch-up week where we're releasing a bunch of podcast episodes have kind of gotten backed up that shouldn't have been coming uh, out a long time by now uh yeah. and quick marathon like succession so subscribe to mmwps today um no prize podcast tomorrow and no prize podcast after. number one uh tomorrow number two the day after and then are, are you gonna try and get number three up on sunday i'm gonna try and get number three up on monday At, right now it's not penciled in we released uh we, I released the calendar on uh, the Modular Media Twitter uh, page uh, detailing the rough idea of how things are going to go at least until next week. Because um, I did pencil and twit. Because I thought that'd be cute. Uh, you'll, yeah, you'll, you'll have twit on Tuesday. We're uh, probably going to be an extra long episode because we've got a crap ton of news and Godzilla vs. Kong came out this week. Ooh. I have watched it yet no spoilers i haven't either i don't even have hbo max so i may just get it for a month to to watch that i torrented it this morning because uh could you like send me a google link like upload it to your thing and like it's entirely possible. Let me check. I didn't actually see what type of file it was I downloaded. It might be an MKV, in which case you couldn't play it through Google. No, but I could download the video and play it on VLC, dumbass. Yeah, it's an MKV. So, yeah, I'll, I'll leave that uh, uh, uploading in the morning. Because it'll probably take a good long time to process. And if, that's, if that happens... Could you like send me an ad when you start talking about Godzilla and I could try and pop on? Oh, that would be wonderful, actually. Special guest star, Boingo Writer, and a podcast, and just in every podcast. <laughs> oh, no, I have the hat! He's got the I throw. have the go, hat, go, I'm Poochie! What? I have the hat, I'm Poochie! <laughs> God damn it. We haven't even gotten into Dynamite yet. We haven't. Um, but Because I didn't watch Elevation or Impact this week. I was not in a good mood either of those nights. So I yeah. just kind of... Uh, I watched Monday night. Instead of watching Elevation, I watched a hour and a half long... Um, it was broken up into t- two parts. They released it over two days. But an hour and a half long um, Major Pod loop video which was them going to a couple different signings and then spending like an hour toy hunting in this one massive store. It's very fun. I enjoyed it. Check it out. Uh, and then on Tuesday, instead of that, I just... I, caught, I watched every dang pods video I hadn't seen. Oh, my puck cell. Oh, my puck cell. The one that came out today, the, I think that's the highest count of oh, my puck cell in one video. Oh, very much so. 
but am I right or am I right that your brain has started talking like an Australian man? A little bit, a little bit. Like, just your brain immediately goes like, oh, oh, nugget, no, no. Goddamn. Oh, here's the best thing. This is, we're in the Dankpot area of the podcast because, of course, we are. I watched the 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 the, the generic plugin uh, MP3 players that he was showing off. Uh huh. That was my first MP3 player. Of course, it was. You know what the best part is? What? I used the record function to record a new grounds video that had music attached to it. Guess what the music was? What was it? We're not gonna take it by Twisted Sister. <laughs> I mean, I can one-up you there. When I was a kid, I tried to record uh, Waiting on the World to Change by, oh, I can't remember his name, Acoustic Guitar Man, um, with a 2000s-era boombox off of the movie Evan Almighty. Mm. It didn't work. Maybe this might one-up it. The video was a Super Mario fan parody. I mean, that's just a whole other galaxy of cringe. Where the toads were rising up. It was sung by a toad. That's several dozen light years away from my cringe guys. I remember that shit perfectly. And I regularly went back and listened to it. Anyone <laughs> know what my next MP3 player was? It was a Sandis Sansa video player. And guess what I watched on it? Uh, the Ghostbusters fan film? Freddy vs. Uh, Ghostbusters vs. Freddy? Like, Freddy... Jace, uh, Freddy, Mer uh, oh, Krueger. Okay. You know the fan film that's technically Ghostbusters canon because of the video game? I had not heard of this. Okay, so they made uh, a fan film, and one of the characters like the nephew of Egon Spangler, and in the video game, they threw a little reference out to him and basically had a drawing of how the character would be when the game is set take place, a little kid drawing, and it says to my uncle Spangler, and it's uh, and it's the kid's name. That's cool. Yeah, this is a nice little reference. So you're one of those people who counts the Ghostbusters game as canon. Ghostbusters game is a canon. You think it'll be retconned by Afterlife when and if that ever comes out? I think Afterlife is going to be so removed from the stuff that's already been kind of play, uh, stuff in place. It's, it's so much of a time skip that it won't matter and won't come up. Alright. You know. If they yeah, reference it, they'll, it'll be like, oh yeah, no, uh, we've just been fighting ghosts for a while, and then like in the 2000s it ended, instead of like in the late 80s. And that's kind of what the game is. Yeah, we hired a couple other guys. There was one guy, he didn't talk. They wouldn't even do that as far. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is a nugget of a conversation. Let's move on to Dynamite. 
Oh, right. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Damn. Okay. Go for All it. All right. First up, we have Impact Rivalry Reborn. Christian Cage versus Frankie Kazazarian. And a really cool, like, down-to-basics kind of wrestling match. Yeah, it fit in with the uh, the whole outwork everyone theme, I thought. Because this felt like very classic workmanship. I mean, say what you will about Christian Cage. He can't do a whole bunch of flippy shit anymore. But he can do a damn good frog splash, and he can do he can sell an arm drag like a motherfucker. It is traditional work rate. <laughs> Which I think... For lack of a better way of describing it, we need a little bit more traditional workmanship in professional wrestling, just so all the people who are workhorses realize, oh, I can I can do that instead of just putting my body through a bunch of fucking tables all the time. Yeah, you Thank need the God. Randy Orton's to make the Seth Rollins stand out. Yeah. because And even then, you need Randy Orton's to tell Seth Rollins is, slow the fuck down, kid. And that's what I feel like Christian Cage is kind of going to be in AEW is basically like, hey, you don't you don't have to do all that kind of shit. Pick a move, make it big, make it impactful, and that's your centerpiece. Mm-hmm. Because that's what uh, this match was. The big centerpiece was Christian Cage continuously trying to get Frankie into the kill switch. But Frankie would always mm-hmm. get out and try something else. Until eventually, Frankie Gazarian uh, was too tired, and he was able to pull off a kill switch, which, honestly, just looks fucking gnarly. Yeah. And I really, I really like the sort of slow build-up to this match. It went way longer than I thought it was going to. They gave it and time. I thought that was hugely, hugely to its benefit. Like, this really had that feel of two old rivals going just like, one more time for old time's sake. It's a very, but it was also friendly, to an extent. It wasn't yeah. like mean. That's why I say rivals rather than enemies. Yeah, it was really good. It's really solid. It didn't build to like any major story, but it was a good. It was a good one shot in an ongoing, uh, ongoing comic. We finally have a proper starting point for Christian, and that's what matters. Yeah. Uh. But after that, we threw to a video package uh, of Darby Allen and Sting wandering around the streets of downtown Jacksonville at night with narration from Darby basically talking about, like, Matt, uh, you and your, your hearty family, all your, all your money, you, you just want to buy everyone out and rule the world. Well, guess what? I don't care about money. Money means nothing to me. I just want to watch it all burn. Uh, remember Joker Sting, here's us throwing some money off of a bridge and a lot of fire with your face. Ha ha, ha ha, have a match with me. It was good. It was solid. It was, it was very good Darby filmmaking. How much you want to bet those were leftover buck bucks? Oh, no doubt. Also, you want to know what this promo just immediately made me think of? What? Man, he used to be punk. Now he's sold out, man. It's all about the money for you now. What about the rock? What about the art, man? What happened to you? Don't recognize you, man. Because that was also oh. an undercorn of the whole promo. Yeah. Another fun thing I forgot to bring up from BTE. 
is when um, Matt is talking to Private Party, they're like, so what's the deal? Are we going after Darby? And he's like, nah, I kind of just wanted to fuck with him. You know, people say he he reminds them of my brother. I don't see it. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. My brother runs around uh, as a fucking weirdo who likes to cut grass. Hey, Darby. He doesn't even have an umbrella and a weird giant white mask. Oh my god. The greatest tag team of all time. Hangman and Itchweed. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> they come out on lawnmowers like the Mexicals. Fuck, man. <laughs> Why you gotta give me hope for things that won't exist, man? Uh, but thank, uh, speaking of things that do exist, uh, Jade Cardgill got a video package. Siping up more Jade Cardgill. It was okay. Yep. No, this is a thing you definitely have to kind of lead us through. All right, all right. Here we go. Here we go. It's the thing. Okay. It's, it's a thing. It's your thing. It's your boy. It's your boys' boys. It's your boys' boys' boys. I have things to say at every step of the way here. So this match is clap. the American... I was talking for you, because it felt like a thing. Let's go. Okay, Queen. Um, <laughs> this match is the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes versus QT Marshall with special guest referee Arn Anderson in an exhibition match. And right away, the story for this match is sold very heavily on... Look at Cody. Look at how big and ostentatious he is. Look at what he's the complete package. He's amazing. Everybody loves him. And QT didn't even get an entrance. And this is his ex exhibition match. What the hell is going on? And the whole match, QT's taking it very seriously. He keeps trying to go after Cody's shoulder. He wants to win this thing. He wants to show that he knows how to wrestle and he's worth a damn. Um, and Cody keeps backing off he he has all these opportunities to put qt away and he goes don't want to hurt him don't want to hurt him i could put him in a figure four here but i don't want to hurt him i could crossroads him here but i don't want to hurt him i could hit a cody cutter here but i don't want to hurt him and the whole time qt has this this look on his face that i just ate the fuck up because i felt it i felt it right here in my soul it's this face that perfectly gets across the emotion of looking at yourself and looking at somebody who you're close to and has achieved everything you want to achieve and being mad at yourself because you didn't get there because you're just riding their coattails. You're just a few steps behind them and saying, why the hell can't I be there? And why won't they take me seriously? What? I'm I'm X years old and I've achieved nothing comparatively. What the fuck is wrong with my life? I've been there mentally and seeing that look on QT's face for this whole match just had me so invested. Like we've talked we've made fun numerous times. I'm a Cody Rhodes stan. Cody Cody is my boy. But this match QT was the baby face and I wanted him to win. Which is why I was actually a little upset by the ending angle. Um, because QT I mean, gets out for a second to take a little break. And he immediately hops back in the ring and just sucker punches Arn Anderson. 
and has this look of, oh shit, what the fuck did I do? And gets out of the ring again. He gets on the stage. He's like, oh shit, oh fuck. And everybody's checking on Arn, making sure he's okay. And then like a couple seconds later, you see Anthony Agogo loosen his tie. You see Nick Camarado start to loosen up his shoulders. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of Nightmare Factory guys ambush Cody, Dustin, Arn, and uh, Big Shoddy Lee Johnson and just completely laid him out. And it goes from, oh, QT fucked up. He's, he's going down the wrong path to this was premeditated? I think it was more of like, they're all on his side. And QT snapped. And they're like, alright, we're with our boy. Thick or thin, we're with him. And once he... Because the... I say this because when they started beating down the Nightmare Factory, QT was head in his face, facing away from the ring. He heard it. And he went like this. And he was looking back at them going like... Huh. Okay, I... I, I, okay, we're doing this. Alright, this all right, this is what we're doing. I'm in too deep. We're doing this. Alright. I can see that. Um, and I mean, this angle wasn't bad. It was fairly well executed. The only, like, kind of weird thing I would say is just that they had Red Velvet run out to save Cody. You can't really expect like... a pregnant woman to run, but, uh, man... But it's like totally in Brandy's character to square up while pregnant. Yeah. But she's also like, what? Six months pregnant now? Uh, yeah, I was I was actually listening to uh, an interview with Renee Paquette from a few months ago. And apparently her and Brandy have like almost the exact same due date. <laughs> um, which is in two weeks. Oof, okay, I was way off base there. Yeah. Yeah, no, you don't want a pregnant woman that pregnant to run, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's one of those things where I'm like, this doesn't make sense from a kayfabe perspective, but from a reality perspective, yeah, all right, I'll allow it. But, um, I thought this ending angle was fucking brilliant. Okay. Because here's the thing. A guy who feels like his friends have accomplished so much more than he has, feeling slighted by it, feeling like he's lesser than, and going, you know what, I, I, I need to prove myself in some way, and at the end, something just goes wrong and everything just implodes. Huda, I guess my my whole thing with it is like... Huda, just subscribe. QT Marshall or Hangman Adam Page? That's fair, but, like, that's my thing with it, is, like, we've already done angles similar to this in AEW, and AEW already has a shit ton of stables. Do we really need another one? Here's the thing. I don't think we're ha getting... I don't think we're having uh, two stables. I think we're having one stable. I think we're getting... It's just a change of stable. But here's the thing. Adam Page went through that character progression and became self-destructive. QT Marshall is going through that character progression and he's becoming externally destructive. Mm. He is lashing out. It's anger. It's it's toxicity. It's fuck you. Fuck everything you did. You don't deserve it. I'm the reason every, you've done everything. It's 
it's the heel version of Hangman's face character. Because Hangman never See, turned heel. That's the thing, is like... This is distinct enough to work as its own thing, but it feels similar to things we've already done in AEW. It feels similar to things we've already done with Cody. Like, you could look at this and say, on a surface level, it's kind of the same thing as the Sean Spears thing. Yeah, but maybe that's just an ongoing character trait of Cody, of underestimating and not appreciating the friends he's made in this workplace environment and them feeling slighted. Because mm. on some level, that's Hangman. Because Cody was part of the Elite. That's Sean Spears. That's MJF. That's QT. Can't wait for that Dustin heel turn. Can't wait for that Arn Anderson heel turn. <laughs> Can't wait for that Brandy heel turn. Because <laughs> here's the thing. I don't think this is... We're getting two factions. I think that the the people who are left over, Cody, Dustin, uh, Lee Johnson, they're not Nightmare Factory anymore. They're not the night, and they're changing the name. They're gonna be the nightmares. They will cause all the nightmares, and they will run havoc in that in that kind of like we are heels and we are awesome kind of way. You know, now that I think about it, Arn Anderson was kind of treated as like an uncle behind the scenes in the Rhodes family and in Big Shotty's post win promo he said that he thinks of himself as a Rhodes so they could just say like these are the nightmares these are the Rhodes and it's not necessarily like here's the thing we've been going like oh the nightmare family the nightmare family is like a stable it's never been fully organized like a stable it's just more of like a thing that they all kind of are yeah like they aren't a stable but they are they are like, no, we're comrades, we're friends, we're work together. Dark Order is a stable. Mm -hmm. Big Money Man Incorporated is a stable. Bunch of different trios, groups are stables. Nightmare Factory, Nightmare Family, yeah, it wasn't a stable, it was, it was a grouping. Hmm. Nightmare Factory was a stable in the same way like something like Chaos in... New Japan is a staple. Hey, right. we got each other's backs, but like, we're kind of on our own. We work together, but not really. It's that kind of vibe. Yeah. I don't know. I dug this. I thought it gave QT Marshall a lot of interesting things to do. It also put a highlight on Anthony Gogo and uh, Como. Because they look fucking, fucking great at this, being... The, the specialist boxer and the big fucker. I, like, here's the thing. I don't hate this. It's just, I expect, it's it's a rare case of me expecting AEW to zig and them zagging and me going like, kind of wish you zigged. Because, yeah. like, I expected the match to end with co with there being a spot where QT gets Cody's attention and he's like, all right, I'll take it seriously. And then QT does win. And it's like a big moment for QT getting this fulfillment. But here's the thing. They've been hinting at QT going heel for like weeks now. Mm-hmm. And I figured this was going to be a way for them to head off at the pass because we can't have one of our main trainers be a heel figure. 
But if that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do. And I think they did it the best way they possibly could. I'll say that. And I think, honestly, with that group of people, kayfabe is kind of like, on show we're this, on reality we're different, you know? Yeah. And I mean, like, it's not like we have a constant live feed into what's going on at the Nightmare Factory. No, but we do have one in the Rhodes family. That's a reference to their reality TV show that's going to oh, be yeah. soon. But that's like on a four-month delay. <laughs> Get some hair in your mouth, man. I'm both very cold and very hairy. I don't know how Brody did it. <laughs> I'm at like 40% to where he was. And already I'm like, this is unbearable. Eh, you get used to it. But uh, after that, we had a really dope dual promo with Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Because they've been kind of saying similar things. And they're basically going like, yeah, no, fuck you. Pay attention to us. Yeah, and they're having a match. Throwing them together into a tag team. I don't think they're a full-on tag team. I just think, hey, we're working together right now to kind of get, to kind of get the shine on us. Yeah, I kind of want to echo what Brian Zane said here. Is that it just feels weird to throw them into a tag team right now, but it does make thematic sense. I think it's it's less like, oh, we're a tag team. We're in the tag team division. It's more of like. You're the only other person who understands what I'm going through, right, man? Fucking all these idiots, and they're eventually gonna have maybe like a heel versus heel mini feud. Which, by the way, while I'm on this, uh, well, we're on this. I did actually start listening to uh, Scorpio's uh, Funhouse podcast this week. I've only listened to the first episode. He is way more of a jock than I thought he was. <laughs> like, I knew he was a jock, but freaking the crux of this first episode of the podcast is he goes, James, James Willems, big, big fixture of Funhouse, guy I, gen I generally like and think is pretty funny. He's like, James, um, big hook for the podcast. I know we've got a few things to get through first, but I bought my second video game. And he's like, whoa, this is big news. I can't wait to, because we've done uh, prototype episodes and we've talked about stuff like this before already. I can't wait to hear what you got. And he's, and so they get to it and they establish that like Scorpio had never touched video games before. He just never saw any worth in them until the pandemic and there was no sports and he couldn't go out and play sports. So he bought a PS5 and NBA 2K20. <laughs> So he's like, all right, I finally I finally got a little tired of that, so I bought my second game. Guess what it is? And James goes, oh, gosh, I don't know. Could you give me a hint? And he goes, guess. You know, it's something we've talked about. It's like, did you get Demon Souls? And he goes, no, not even close. I don't even know what you're talking about there. <laughs> I got I got mad in 21. Of course. <laughs> and I I was on the edge of my seat, and when he said Madden 21, I'm just like, oh, goddamn. Scorpio, I want to like you. Uh, since that was just a simple little promo, why don't I talk about the next promo? 
Uh-huh. Should I just go over the next three promos? Because, like, the next two promos? Because it's just promo, promo, promo. Promo, promo, promo. Dasha Gandalas talks to Red Velvet and she goes like, yeah, no, Cody's Cody's a good friend. He's a he's a tag team partner of mine. I, I had to go help him. And then, and then Jay Cargill Carl just comes like, fuck you, bitch. Uh, I can't remember what John Moxley was going on about, but he, he had a John Moxley promo. He, th- he did look like a whole kind of rambly thing talking about like how stressed out and weird everything is in AEW right now. He's like, do I owe do I owe the Bucks a favor for saving me a couple weeks ago? What's going on with that? I don't know. Um the Cesar what is going on with AEW? Putting me up against this Cesar Bononi guy? He seems like a big strong lad. He could probably make you a lot of money in a couple of years if I don't kill him next. He's basically running commentary. He's running Mystery Science 3000 against AEW. Mm-hmm. He's every confused fan that just walked in after three weeks off. Yeah. Speaking of uh, three weeks off, I don't know where I was going with that. Tell us about the next thing. <laughs> uh, we had John Moxley versus Cesar Bonone with Ryan Nemeth and JD Drake. Uh I, Brian Zane asked this, and I hadn't thought of it because he's been running with them for like two weeks now. But like, why is Cesar Bononi with Ryan Nemeth and JD Drake? I thought he was with Peter Avalon, Peter and like Avalon. these guys make even less sense with him. What? Peter Avalon's probably not able to make it to Dynamite, and that it's and honestly, it's not a stable, but it feels like a grouping that makes sense. Oh, I'm Pretty Peter. Oh, I'm Hollywood. You know? Yeah. And then J.D. Drake is there. Yeah. He, he, I know nothing about J.D. Drake. He seems like just a guy. Yeah. I'm sure there's a reason to like J.D. Drake. I'm sure I'll find out some reason to like J.D. Drake next week. But right now, he just seems like a guy who wandered into Daly's place. He's a dude. He's a man. He's a he's a lad. He's a he's a bloke. He's a he's a he's a person. He's a regular get- comrade Thompson. He's a, he's a dude who uh, has a penis and identifies with that penis. Was today or yesterday Trans Visibility Day? Yesterday. It'd be a cruel okay. joke to make April 1st Trans Visibility Day. It would. It would, wouldn't it? Um, I, I just remembered people talking about that recently. Yep. Um... But uh, yeah, this Speaking is a horror- fairly decent little oh, I match. thought you were about. I thought you were about to go to the next one because I have a perfect segue. Uh, this is a fairly decent little match. Um, both worked each other over fairly good. It's a fairly, it's it's what Moxley does when he's not doing a big feud. It's here's a random guy. Let me put him over a little bit, but I still win because I'm Moxley. Yeah. Um, and he does uh, make Benoni pass out in the bulldog choke. I thought it was a fine match. Also, pass out finishes makes the person who passes out look badass. Because he didn't give up. But the segue was, we were talking about trans people and trans visibility. And the joke was going to be, speaking of hormones, Brian Cage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hashtag Team Taz is fine. Yeah, it, it's basically continuing the setup of like... Brian Cage is starting to chafe under 
the heel tendencies of everybody. And uh, all the heels are going like, hey, Brian Cage, fuck being good. Be a bad dude, bro. We're, are you in agreement with me? Because we talked about this last week. I don't want them to rush. I feel like they're rushing into this storyline. I feel like they should have just seeded it last week and then left it for a few months. Yeah, I've, I've, I agree. I, I don't want them to break up yet. It feels too soon. I like them as a group. Mm-hmm. Especially because, like, I'm I'm still super on the mind track of I didn't want them to lose a member. I wanted Team Taz to add a member. I wanted Wrestling Supergirl to be with the Potato Man. God damn it. You and your fucking blonde strong women. Is it not the best aesthetic? Sure thing, Vince. Sure thing. It's the one thing I'll never knock him for. But one thing we can't always talk about, Knox. Uh, let me clarify. I won't knock him for liking strong blonde women. I will knock him for booking strong blonde women to always beat every other kind of woman. But uh, we're backstage in the locker room. In the, in the top dog heel locker room. And MJS mm-hmm. is going like, hey guys, guys. I'm rich. And that means I want to make sure we all look our best. Here's a stylist and we have swaths of fabric so we can all coordinate and look nice together and look professional. And, like, and, everybody's, and everybody's actually really into it. They're yeah. like, yeah. yeah. I mean, dude, that's the kind of mentality Pinnacle has. It's like they're a united front and they're old school. They're classic. You need to be professional. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. And it was going like, we need to clean this place up. It, it'd be a better work environment for us, so I'm going to get an interior designer. And then MJF does some things and opens the bathroom door. He's like, we're going to get the stench out of here. And then behind it was Chris Jericho, Sammy Hagar, no, not uh, Sammy Guevara, uh, Santana, and Ortiz, and Chris Jericho, this is the best Chris Jericho has looked in his civilian clothes in a while. Because yeah, because he's just like... Because it's a black button-up uh, shirt, rolled-up sleeves, black kind of rock star pleather pants, and gloves. The gloves made it. Mm-hmm. And, and they're all... And they've all just got, like, perfect business-business looks on their face. And MJF takes a beat. And closes the door and goes like, we need to get out of here. We're, we're getting out of here. That's we gotta go. We gotta go. And they're all like, what? What? We gotta go. And they open the other door to get out. And Jake Hagar's there. And he pushes MJF in. And the inner circle start beating down Pinnacle. This was fucking awesome. Yeah. And this is definitely leading to a blood and guts match. I'm so excited, especially with how much fucking Dax bled in this angle. Holy crap. Oh, it was classic. It was old school. Mm-hmm. Uh, Freaking, uh Sean Spears got his got a door shoved into his face. Uh what what's his name? Uh Wardlow got put through a massage table. Um Cash was dumped into the ice bucket out there. Um, and MJF just fucking driven into the, uh, the drink. 
Yeah, the to- he was given a swirly, and then he got shoved into the The cool. refrigerator. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is... This was great. One thing I was... I'm a little... I wouldn't say iffy. It's more of like a... Hmm. Is... Pentacles a brand new faction. They've had one big win and one big angle where they looked victorious. And now they've kind of gotten jumped and made to look a little weaker. Here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to fight you on this a little bit. When they had that Rolls big... Rolls reverse. Rolls reverse. Yeah. When they had that big victorious angle where they debuted, they got the jump on the inner circle. Here, where they get the crap beaten out of them, the inner circle got the jump on them. This, to me, says these two groups are evenly matched. It just depends on who has the advantage of surprise. You know what? If they bring that up in a promo next week, I'll full on agree with you. Because that may be what they're going for it. But, uh... This is you, After buddy. that, uh, we went to... A uh, six-man match. We had Laredo Kid and the Lucha Brothers versus Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. And this was a solid little match. Oh, yeah. Pretty good stuff. Pretty good tag work. Nice, good Lucha things did happen. It was them. It, it was it was the Lucha Bros on a quiet day. Yeah. They, they didn't pull out all the stops, but they didn't not pull out any stops. Yeah. Uh, but that's not the real story. The real story is that eventually Omega did pin Laredo Kid after a one-winged angel, echoing their, uh, Mega Championship match from a few months back. Um, and then after the match, John Moxley comes out, comes out, kind of stands up on the stage, looks around, and then the Young Bucks come out. And they all just go up to the ropes, put their hands on the ropes, and go like, what's good? And Omega and the Good Brothers and Callus are all just like, fuck no, we're out of here. Fuck no. And now we're getting that match next week. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, yeah. Uh, but mm, do you want to combine the next two as one little segment? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Britt Baker cuts a promo, basically goes like, hey, I'm one of the best. Uh, Thunder Rosa, you're still here. That's kind of weird. Uh, You're on dark shows, getting some wins. Because, hey, the one big win you had in your career so far was against me in an unsanctioned match, so it doesn't count. So, (laughs) hey, loser. Fucking brilliant use of AEW's booking techniques right there. Yeah. Uh... I don't think this is leading up to another match between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. I think this is leading up to Thunder Rosa signing on to AEW and basically go like, now you can't be rid of me. I'm here You know what would be great? Because we all know that Britt's probably going to be the next AEW Women's Champion. Instead of them having a feud, now it turns into a rivalry... It's a race to the championship. I can definitely see that. Like, the next time we get a Thunder Rosa promo, she's going like, Britt, why are you talking about me? I'm trying to get wins so I can go get that belt. If you if you say you're the best in the women's division, 
why aren't you wrestling? Why aren't you trying to be number one? Mm-hmm. Kind of doing that. Uh, but next we have the women's match of the night. Um, they've gotten better, but it's like some things are still a little work in progress. Yeah, um, and this is very much a cluster of just people. Yeah, this is very much, we need to get a bunch of different storylines on the show. So let's just get a bunch of different storylines on the show. Because they've done a couple of the women's storylines throughout it. This just felt like, shit, we've done two of the six we have. We need to get the other four. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's the Native Beast, Nyla Rose, and Bunny with Vicky Guerrero versus the uh, and the Hardy Family Complex it, versus Hikaru Shida and Tay Conte with the Dark Order. And it's just a big bonfoff uh, tag match. Yeah. And, like, it wasn't bad. It was entertaining. But, like, it really runs up on something I've been noticing about AEW lately and have been trying to hold back on mentioning because I don't want to seem like a doomsayer. But I really feel like AEW is starting to run up on one of the biggest issues that's inherent to WWE, which is bloat. AEW is getting to a point now where they have a roster that is so big and so crowded with talented people and storylines that they're having to create whole new shows just to give those people time to do shit. And it's starting to wear on certain storylines. Like, all all four of the women's storylines that are happening in this one chunk here could be great things that run all throughout an episode of Dynamite. But they're squished up right into this one little segment. And maybe they got little pickups here and there on Dark and Elevation. And maybe there's, like, a funny bit playing into them on BTE. But there's so many people because we're in the middle of a pandemic and the young bucks response to that was just anyone on the indies who wants to work dark can work dark which noble pursuit noble endeavor but they I'm also gonna... they also find a bunch of people who go like "Ooh, you're good i like how you do shit do you want to work with us yeah we're in the middle of a pandemic and i can't get regular work and you're offering me a job? Yes. Yes, I will come and work for you. And yeah, that's gotten us Alan Angels. That's gotten us Thunder Rosa. That's gotten us a bunch of great wrestlers. Top Flight. Top Flight. It's gotten us a bunch of great wrestlers. But it's also just gotten us a bunch of wrestlers. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I Here's the thing. I think the roster is fine. They don't need to sign any more people. They don't need to let go any people. The roster at this point is okay. Because like, remember- say what you will about WWE. They know the rate to drip people through Evolve, the Performance Center, NXT, the main roster. Because here's the thing. It's fine because some play- some wrestlers aren't meant to have an ongoing story. They're just there because they're a wrestler and they want to have the opportunity to wrestle. Like Ryan Nemeth? I don't think, like, he's not a, he doesn't feel like he's a wrestler who needs an ongoing story. He, he's a wrestler that his ongoing story is he's Ryan Nemeth, he's a little bit of an asshole, and he's trying. That's his story. He's, uh, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be the dickhead that does that. 
He's not going around saying it should have been me. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Uh, Cesar Bernoulli, same thing. Peter Avalon, similar thing. Like, that's kind of the vibe, is there's a couple big major storylines, and then there's several supporting characters, and a lot of these people are just supporting characters right now. Yeah. And I think and there's a lot of people who feel like they shouldn't be supporting characters. There's a lot of people who have subplots that feel like in another promotion they could be a main character. Like Dark Order. Right now, they're kind of supporting characters at this point. Because yeah. they're trying to figure out exactly the direction they need to go. We They even made meta-reference to that in BTE. Mm-hmm. But they want to keep the around. They're good morale... They're great supporting characters for the Hangman story. And that's what they are right now. I think, because remember, they've been talking about having a second TV show for a while. I think once the second TV show happens, Dark and Dark Elevation are going to drop drastically in length. It's going to go from two and a half hours, which those things are. They can get that way. Down to an hour each. And it's mostly going to be up-and-coming talent or indie signed talent doing the, the AEW-style squash. You get a lot in, but the AEW star gets to win. To kind of basically like go like, hey, here's the upcoming people of wrestling. And the other TV show is going to basically be, here's all the subplot of the, all the supporting characters that aren't like Hangman and aren't the Bucks and aren't the big major storylines. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I I do see the point you're making, and I agree with it to an extent. I just don't think... I think you're at 11 on the Doomsday Clock. I'm oh, at no, no, 9. Oh, no, 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 no. Dude, I'm at 9. Okay, I'm going you're... like... I'm at 9, you're at 6. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm, yeah. I'm going... Because it's been slowly creeping for a while in my head. I've had this thought, like, maybe once every other week for a little while now. And I've gone like, eh, it's kind of a thing, but I think they're handling it fairly well. This is the first week where I've been like, might be a good time to bring this up. Might be a time to start voicing concern. I'm not ringing alarm bells. I'm not whistleblowing here. I'm just saying, like, maybe we might... That Tony... Tony, I know you watch because you send us those paychecks. Maybe maybe work on this a little bit, please and thank you. And here's also the other thing. We're in a weird holding pattern where technically some people shouldn't be here right now. Yeah. Because Moxley shouldn't be here right now. Mm-hmm. Moxley was supposed to be written off. So they're trying to shove Moxley into the show so they can explain shit and finally get him off TV. Hopefully, Kenny kills him again next week. Hopefully. Because they finally did that with Eddie Kingston. He has a busted leg now. Mm-hmm. Kayfabe busted leg. And so they're leading toward that. But, like, they had to get... They had to explain that. That took time away from other stories. They had to do this. That took time away from other stories. A, B, C. Took time away from other things. And now... This is kind of leading to the Cody Rhodes situation... I think he should have been... I think what should have happened this episode, I think QT should have his arm, and that wrote Cody off. And QT go like, hey, look, (laughs) Dynamite's still running. AEW is running fine without Cody. Who'd have thunk? 
that I mean, that been... may still be what they do next week, or it may build to a grudge match where they do that. Oh my god. I just realized. There's a podcast where Arn Anderson talks about telling Cody the story of Dusty working a match and then hopping on a plane to go see him be born. Cody's going to work a match and then go watch his daughter be born. Cody's going to get the shit beat out of him by QT Marshall and then go watch his daughter be born. God damn it, Cody. God damn it, Cody. (laughs) But, like, that's the thing. It feels like it feels like we're just at the weird cross point of a bunch of stories ending and a bunch of stories starting and they don't have enough time to do both. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a dangerous game they're playing. Yeah. It, uh, but some dangerous matches that'll be going on next week. Uh, Bucks and Moxley versus Good Bros was confirmed. Uh and we're also getting uh, Bunny versus Tay Conte, uh, and uh, Darby Allen versus JD Drake, and the return of the Inner Circle, and Jurassic Express versus Bear Country, brought to you by Godzilla versus Kong. What the fuck? This is the best thing ever. Now this makes total sense because this is like, yeah. okay, why are they why are they feuding with Bear Country now? Oh, they're doing a thing. And we also got a very silly promo backstage where um, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus were like, "Yeah, you big dumb apes, we're gonna beat you up. We're the Godzilla guys. We got a dinosaur on our team." And Marco's like, "I have a I have a Kong tattoo. It reminds f- me to smash that ass." Rest in peace, Harambe. Rest in peace, sir. Uh, yeah, no. I just love the fact that it's just like, oh yeah, no, big match. Also, it's being sponsored by Godzilla versus Kong. The fuck? Did, did I just? Yeah, we got a themed graphic and everything. Look at it. It looks like the Kong, po- like the 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 GVK poster, and it looks. It's just like, yeah. Cool, I guess. Okay, it's like, what's that meme of like the 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 drawing of the guy and he's like dot dot dot. All right, I guess. But it's more happy than this. I'm I'm excited for the match. I'm gonna think it's a good match. I think it's gonna be a good match. But it's just like, oh yeah, by the way, Godzilla and Kong. That's like having chocolate on my potato chip. It's good. But I just didn't expect that. Hmm. Uh. Uh, but the final match, the final bit of the show that we need to talk about. Grab your great. tokens. Are you ready? Player one, start. It's a arcade anarchy. The best man, Miro, with super bad Kip Sabian, along with Penelope Ford on the outside, versus Chuck Taylor and freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. And let's be honest, this, I have the best way to describe this match. This was not a cinematic match, but this was hella theatrical. Are you there? Yeah, sorry, I had a message. Um, (laughs) This was a theatrical match. It was a theatrical match. It was not a cinematic match. That's what I'm saying. It's like, 
it it took some of the elements that we have been building up with cinematic matches and just went like, all right, let's cut some of the pretension and just kind of do it live. Kind of, and it. What if you did the backlot brawl, or not the backlot brawl? What do they call it? The parking lot fight. Yeah, but um, less edited, more goofy, and live. And I think this is a good direction to take some cinematic matches. Yeah. It, it, it was good. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, I loved all the little... I loved all the arcade cabinets. It was just like, oh, hey, Killer Instinct, Mortal Kombat. Like, all the fighting games were facing the ring, which was great. The freaking prize wall was so wonderful. There's a part of me... Because they had the toy, the Jazzwares toy belts up there. There's a part of me that wonders what if they wanted to have like all the figures and stuff up there and they just went to Walmart on the day and that was the only thing there. Yeah, but it also has a bunch of it had a bunch of weapons and everything and also a stuffed animal. It's like, oh, that's supposed to be like another toy. We'll get into that in a second. The whack-a-mole was very quickly built and it's hilarious. There was a there was an arcade cabinet like that. I like how they did that switcheroo. Oh no, that, you know, you recognize what that is, right? That's one of those arcade cabinets that uh, Walmart's been selling of, like, multi Oh, that was a one-up? Yeah, that was a one-up. It was a Mortal Kombat-styled one-up. They just took out the screen and oh, okay. put in a piece of poster board that said tokens and Times New Roman. Oh my god. <gasps> I thought that was just a, I, I thought they just, like, spray-painted some stencil graphics onto... Uh, a foam board thing. That's great. No, it was just... It, also, beautiful, beautiful particle board air hockey table. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we Should we talk about the things? Which things are we talking about? The, the papples? The papples? Oh, the, the persons? Well, first off, let's just go... The match was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It was a fun stylized hardcore match there was a great spot with the the stuffed animal i mentioned earlier is actually a bag holding uh, a certain forbidden object legos. legos i love how even jr like didn't try to scoff at it he sold it as like oh god no fuck legos because jr knows because they've done lego spots in wwe legos are actually more painful to get dropped onto than thumbtacks yeah like like it reminds me of when people reacted to the uh, the dice spot that Brandon Cutler did in a hardcore match. Uh-huh. Because, like, that's the clip that gets shared in D&D circles because he, like, does drops the bag and they go like, Oh, God, fuck that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Miro just being a fucking badass, just throwing everybody everywhere. Yeah, the bit where... Did he throw orange through the prize wall and it like crumpled around him? Yeah, it's so great. Also, Miro just looked fucking felt this uh, like this match. Yeah, he, he was. He was like, "This is my moment, and I'm taking it." Yeah, but it was big fun. Chuck Taylor jumped off an arcade cabinet. Well, that looked good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But eventually, uh. I can't remember if it was Ron's Cassie or Chuck Taylor, but one of them was about to get the pin. One, two, Penelope Ford pulls uh, 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 
Aubrey out of the ring. And Aubrey's going, like, what the fuck, what the fuck are you doing? And eventually what happens is Orange Cassidy comes in and kind of pulls Penelope Ford with attention toward the UFO catcher. Note, Excalibur specifically mentioned it was a UFO catcher. Mm-hmm. And out pops the fourth member of the best friends, Chris, Chris Statlander. fucking Statlander. I screamed. We've been going on and on the last few weeks of, oh, Chris Statlander's going to be coming back soon. She's got to be coming back soon. Because here's the thing. I knew she was coming back soon. I wasn't expecting her to come back in this match. And it fits, though. It's perfect. Yeah, because they've been putting in the work, teasing it on BTE forever. And Orange Cassidy confirmed on Twitter, the alien stands with us now. It just makes total... It is... It's a stoner comedy version of E.T. That's what their it stable is. is. Yeah. Especially and with I'm the fact that it. Orange Cassie now comes out. First time on Dynamite. Where is my mind? I'm just going to say it. Um, Jeremy Padauer, either Series 8 of Unrivaled or Series 1 of Unmatched. I need Chuck Taylor, I need Trent, and I need Chris Statlander all in the same wave. Because Give them to me now. Because our, bo- our boy Orange needs his best friends. He does. He needs his best friends and he needs his gal pal. You know what? I would... You know what? Here's the thing. People are going to ship him. Platonic. Yeah. Well, no, they've confirmed that Chris has a crush on him on BTE. Okay, that's fine then. I was yeah. just more going like, it, from what I know, I wouldn't mind being platonic, but if that's the, the direction they're going, sure, why not? Uh, but eventually, Miro just keeps beating down Chuck Taylor, keeps beating down Orange Cassidy. They're on their hands and knees, they're crawling up a ramp that's at the side of Daly's place. That, and then we see it. That beautiful the thing I was expecting to happen during this match, and then because they did Chris Statlander, I stopped expecting it, so I screamed again! The beautiful white van, Trent's mom, and who comes out? Trent. Yeah. Comes in like a fucking hail gunfire, beats on everybody's ass, and at the end, the best friends win. And they hug in the middle of the ring. And they fucking give a four thumbs up salute to Sue. To Sue. All the while, I don't want this to be the best friends theme because I like the best friends theme, but I think they're just, they just played it at the end, even though Chuck. Because they played it at the start. Because because Chuck got the pin. It should have been the best. The best friends. I think they played "Where's My Mind" because it because a. It fit the kind of weird stoner comedy vibe this match had. But also, it's to get over, this is Orange Cassidy's theme. This is his new theme. Get used to it, people. Mm-hmm. And it works. It worked for the moment. It had this beautifully sort of surreal wholesomeness to it. The it, whole it, ending. It felt like the end of a really good, cheesy 90s movie. Mm-hmm. Especially with the spot, with the finishing spot just being a simple power slam through the stage. Yeah. Um, but this, I wouldn't say this is one of the best 
gimmick matches they've had. I still think some uh, Mimosa Mayhem is one of the best. I mean, nothing will ever top the stadium stampede unless they do another one. Parking Lot Brawl is still up there. Barbed Wire Deathmatch. Fuck yeah. This is good. What? Yeah, this is great. This was solid. I love this. You know what? To continue the stoner comparisons, this was a fantastic pizza. Oh, yeah. It, both also a good friend, and it sets up really cool things that they had the best friends as a as not just a tag team, as a stable now. They're a stable. And that's, again, why I say I want I want wrestling Supergirl and Team Taz because I want to see this version of Best Friends go up against Team Taz with Layla Hirsch. Ooh. 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 That's my, that's my fantasy booking for the next few. They're not going to do that because they're nowhere near doing that with Team Taz, but God, do I want that. Yeah, though. Also, I enjoy how uh, Best Friends is the first intergender... Uh, no, second intergender stable. Mm-hmm. Third. Nightmare Collective. <laughs> we always forget Nightmare Collective. I mean, it's one of the few things from AEW that I don't think anyone wants to bring up anymore. What, you don't like Luther? I liked Nightmare Collective fine at the time. I did not hate it as much as many other people did. No, I'm, dude, we're on the same page. But that was AEW. It was. Any any final thoughts on this episode of the Dynamite? Uh, so I talked about being pretty stressed out and tired the first two uh, days of this week. I was that way as well on Wednesday. Mm. I had actually quite a bit of stuff to get done on Wednesday when I got home. And I'll admit, it got to be like 10.30. And I was like, I haven't started Dynamite yet. I don't know if I want to start Dynamite. Well, if I don't watch it now, how am I going to watch it in time for the podcast tomorrow? Guess I got to fucking sit down and watch Dynamite and then just go right to bed. God, am I happy I did that. It was a solid show. It didn't blow anything away, but Arcade Anarchy—it's gonna be going. That's gonna be a highlight reel for these wrestlers for a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if anything, Miro running at a minivan, going "Hi, mom! Hi, mom!" That's gonna be something in his monster video package. Oh, it's gonna be great. He looked—he looked great in this. Kip Sabian had some good spots too, but mm-hmm. this definitely feels like nope. This is the end. This is it. Yep, now Miro and Kip are going to implode, and uh, I don't know, maybe Trent and Chuck will make another run at the tag titles while Chris and Orange make googly eyes at each other. I, w- like, I definitely can see the- some interesting things going on. Honestly, I think the best friends, Orange Cassidy, need to become supporting characters to Chris Statlander and kind Ooh, of take a yes. step back. They're like, like her cheerleading squad. Yeah, but don't do, like, they're so popular, still do things with them. Have Orange Cassidy do a spot every once in a while. But they've been major players in eight in Dynamite for, Dude. like, how many months now? Let them take Dude. a break, let them step back a little bit, and have Chris Statlander, who just came back, have all these people who are over, support her, get her more over, and go into the wins, and, and like, Go on a tear in the wins division. Here's something I'd like to see. 
because double or nothing's not far off and there's probably going to be some kind of big number one contenders battle royal like they do, do it for the women do it for the tnt title and orange is in there and he gets tossed out and in the same motion he's tossed out Chris rolls out from under the ring, stands up and grabs him fireman style and just tosses him back in. No, bridal. Bridal style. Yes! And like, well, and he's just lying there and just thumbs up and she gently rolls him back under the bottom rope. Goddamn. Weirdest fucking power couple. <laughs> That's... That's a thing in a year if it continues in the semi-romantic uh, vibe that for those Oh my two. god, Chris Atlander is woman's champion and Orange Cassidy is TNT champion with the best friends as tag champions. That'd be... Oh, imagine that happens. They get all the gold and they're going like, yeah, we're fucking awesome. And then the pinnacle comes knocking. <laughs> Goddamn. Imagine just the promos against each other and how like vile they are. And then the pinnacle goes like, we need a women's wrestler. We need someone who fits our bill. Jade Cargill. (laughs) And imagine all of them matching suits, different colors, different textures, but matching. They vibe with each other. MJF, FTR, Sean Spears, all of them. Just vibing. Wardlow. War- Don't forget Wardlow. 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 Tully. Just vibing. And then you have Centerpiece. The diamond. She's full on evening wear. Beautiful high cut on the leg dress. Makeup to the nines. She looks gorgeous. And they all just come out and cut a promo just going like, look at us. Look how professional we look. How Look how, look how top notch we are. Money. We're money. We're money. We're money. This is what this business needs. We don't need... We. This business has fallen so far down because we let redneck, beer-swigging assholes make a mockery of this business. A reference to Stone Cold and how he changed professional wrestling, but also a reference to Hangman Adam Page in a more contemporary sense. It's metatextual. Mm. But you see what I'm saying? You see where I'm getting at? Loud MMWP, ba- where we fantasy book as much as we talk about the actual wrestling that happened in the week. I think fan- enjoying fantasy booking is a sign of either one of two things. Either the product is damn good and you just want to see more of it so you make up more in your head, or the product is dog shit so you have to make up something good to- for it instead. By the way, that new Adam video, holy shit. Yeah, but like... Basically, the pinnacle goes like, we're here to set an example for professional wrestling because professional wrestling needs to be taken seriously. We are acting like the professionals acted when it was one of the top pieces of uh, entertainment in the world. We are are Bruno San Martino. We are Ric Flair. We We are Dusty Rhodes. We are professional we are exemplary. We are the we are the good faces that you put on late night TV shows to promote the brand and promote wrestling. And look at these stoner fucking 
assholes with this goddamn gold that they do not deserve. I'm down. Down, down, down. But that seems to be all the wrestling talk we have for the week. We've exhausted it. Now it's just on to next Saturday where we talk about goddamn Marvel. I have a good comic to... For people who are watching, I have a good comic uh, to talk about on uh, the next time we record back uh, in the next podcast when that comes out, which should be, if I do it right, Monday. Come hell or high water, I will finish Hell on Earth before we record that. I've got three issues left. Three issues of Hell on uh, three issues of Hell on Earth, and you know what you can do? You can start reading Dawn of X to wash the taste out of your mouth. Yeah, yeah. But we'll see what tomorrow night brings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't push yourself just for the sake of content. That should always be the motto of content creators on the internet, whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Don't punish yourself just to make a dumb video. But in the meantime, speaking of dumb videos, tell the people about your shit. Hey everybody, I'm the Vacuuminator. I make uh, YouTube toy reviews and media analysis. Currently on hiatus from that though, but if you want to check out the backlog, you could do so by going to youtube.com slash the Vacuuminator. That's spelled T-H-E-V-A-C-U-U-M-I-N-A-T-O-R. I'm also on Twitter, at the Vacuuminator. I talk about random shit and uh, shit on random things like April Fool's Day. And I'm on Instagram posting extra figure photography and cool throwback Thursday pics. Uh, so go check that out at the underscore vacuuminator. Hells yeah. I am Chris Boingo Writer Gaston. I make video essay and editorials on my YouTube channel, Boingo Writer. I am also on Twitter. I hate Twitter though. Boingo underscore writer. I'm on Instagram, Boingo underscore writer. Uh, and you can as always join my Discord server. A link to that's in the description. We talk about toys. We talk about shit posts. We have a whole aesthetic thing, which is basically like wallpaper, the the Discord channel. Uh, but overall, this was MMWP, a production of Modular Media. I was about to continue and say wrestling podcast. Of course, MMWP is a production of MMWP. It's 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 wrestling podcast all the way down. It's only logical. There's logic in what he says. Uh, where am I going with this? I don't fucking know. Wrestling podcast. Tune in next week. We'll be live, hopefully, unless the world ends. Wow, you had to jinx it. <laughs>